blasphemed. Amen. This week, uh, I had this sense of awareness of something. Um, I had this deep conviction, and I had this aha moment uh, that God revealed uh, to me. It was a basic truth. I knew, I, I felt like I knew it all along, but this week, uh, it just hit me. This truth hit me. And here's the truth. Y'all are ready for this? It's groundbreaking. No matter who you are, rich or poor, white or black or brown, man, woman, however you want to label yourself, here is the truth. Here's the truth that hit me. Ready for this? No? Nobody? You ready? All right, thank you. All right. Here is the truth. Life is hard. Right? Life is hard. No matter who you find yourself and you, if you feel like you are a nobody, that you are on the edges of the on the margins of our community, or you feel like you are somebody and all that and the other. It doesn't matter who you are. Life is hard. Life is hard because we as Christians believe this to be true. We believe that we live in a broken world. Life around us is broken, and that's what makes life hard. One of our formative stories as Christians, um, uh, one of the ways that we tell our story starts from uh, the book of Genesis. It starts in the book of Genesis. It starts with chapter one. This is what we read. In the beginning, there was God. That is how our story begins. That is the story of how we were all created by this wonderful God, how God created everything. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And God looked at everything. And after the creation of each day, God looked at it and it said, he said that it was good. And after the whole creation story, this is what we read in Genesis 1, chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. This is the last words of the creation story. And God saw everything that he made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. God saw everything that he created and he said it was very good. Not just good, it was very good. Adam and Eve were living in this place called the Garden of Eden. And it was good. I can't imagine how beautiful that place might have been. And they were living, and here's the crazy part about the story. Adam and Eve didn't know what brokenness was up at this point. They didn't know what sin looked like because they were living in the perfect world that God had created for them. And in that moment, as they were living, they were tempted to know what the other was. They were tempted by a serpent, and we read that story in Genesis chapter 3, where they were tempted to eat the forbidden fruit, and they ate it. They ate the fruit, and then that is when sin entered. That is when brokenness 
entered into our lives. And as Christians, we say that is the original sin. The reason we sin is because of what Adam and Eve have done. Our souls, our hearts are born out of sin. That's what original sin is all about. That we are broken people. I know some of you are parents. I know now we had our children's moment here. How many of you as parents ever taught your child to say, now remember, Billy, remember, don't share your toys with your other friends. Anybody ever said that? No? Why not? In case we've said the opposite, remember to share. Remember to be kind. Because not sharing comes very easily to our kids. <laughs> not being kind comes very easily to our kids. Right? And that is what we call original sin. And because of sin, there is brokenness. And because of brokenness, life is really hard. Life is hard. If you want to know what brokenness looks like, just turn the news. And you will see stories upon stories where life is just broken and hard and difficult. I recently read a story about a woman who left her 16-month-old baby uh, by herself because she wanted to go to Puerto Rico for vacation. She actually went to Puerto Rico and then went to Detroit for a couple, for 16 days and came home to witness a tragedy. When I read the story, I was sick to my stomach. Friends, brokenness surrounds us. Sin surrounds us. And all this makes life difficult. All this makes living life extremely difficult. Some of you might be wondering, all right, pastor, I get it. Life is difficult. Get it? Brokenness is all around us. We can see it. That is true. But what does this have to do with the scripture that we just read? Because this is what I just, Pat read to us this morning. Whoever receives you receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he's a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The one who receives a righteous person because he's righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. Whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, by no means will he lose his reward. This passage that we read is about God's blessings and rewards for those who welcome the disciples. What does this have to do with brokenness? What does this have to do with life being difficult, right? You all need to say yes at this point, right? Like what, what does this have to do with it? So I want you to hold those two things together. I want you to hold on the one side that life is hard and life is broken and life is filled with difficulties. I want you to hold that and I want you to hold this passage that we read about rewards as well in the other side of it. And I want to share with you three stories. These three stories, I want to quickly go through these stories. These stories can itself be a good 30-minute sermon in itself. But I want to share these three stories about how life is difficult. The first story comes to us from um, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. Uh, the translation that I use uh, uses the word unclean spirit. So there was this young man who was a troubled young man living by himself. He, was, he had an unclean spirit inside him. 
Some of us have described that as a demonic spirit. And what this unclean spirit did for this young man is essentially destroyed his life. This young man was into self-harm. He would hurt himself um, through the stones. He would cut himself. He ran. He was, he, the people tried to imprison him by putting shackles and chains, but he could not be imprisoned. He broke those shackles and he ran away from his community. And he started living in a graveyard. He was living in a graveyard. That's what this young man was doing. He had an unclean spirit. He couldn't control himself. Something came over him where his actions, where he was not able to be who God created him to be. That's who this young man was. Sometimes it's difficult for us to read the Bible and try to apply it in our own lives in 2023. This is my best explanation of what an unclean spirit is. Is that it makes us do things where something takes over us. And we can no longer live the life that God has created for us. That's what an unclean spirit is. Many times when I have talked to people struggling with addiction, they kind of describe it that way. And they go into self-injury and self-harm as well. So all this was happening to this young man who was living the life that God created him to be. And then Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and he removes the unclean spirit out of this young man's life. He takes the unclean spirit out of him and he becomes himself again. We read that when the unclean spirit left, he was dressed and he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And the whole townspeople came looking at him and wondering in awe that this man who had the unclean spirit, who could not be shackled with chains, now is freely willing to sit at the feet of Jesus. That is the power of what Christ did in this individual's life. Completely, dramatically changed his life for the better. That is the power of Christ in this man's life. This man's life was broken. Something took over his life and he was hurting himself and now Jesus shows up in his life and his life is transformed. His life is transformed. And because his life is transformed, this young man wants to be with Jesus, wants to be be part of his traveling companion. We know the story that Jesus had disciples that traveled with him and he wanted to join that entourage so that he can go and tell others what Christ has done for him. How his life was broken and hard and difficult and now because of Jesus, he is a changed man. But look what Jesus tells him. He did not permit him, verse 19. Mark chapter 5. He did not permit him to come join him. But he said to him, just as Jesus is talking, but he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and he began to proclaim in Decapolis, that's the region where he was from, 
how Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. This young man's life was transformed by Jesus and he was given a simple command to go and tell his friends, his family, how the Lord had mercy on him. That is what he was told to do. Here's another story I want to share with you. This story is about a woman that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. It is a story about a woman. And the crazy part about this story is this person is not even named in this story. But she was given a title. She was given a title. Imagine that. The woman was not named, but given a title. And this woman is grieving. The reason this woman is grieving is because she lost her son. He lo she lost her son. And she is grieving. And her, her grief, she, we read that she is weeping. When I read, read, read the word weeping, this is the image that I have in my heart. It's that ugly cry that we do when we lose someone that is dear to us. That bellowing cry that comes from deep within our soul where we just weep because the one that we loved and we cherished is no longer with us. That's what this woman was doing. She was weeping because her son died. Remember I told you that this woman is not named, but she is given a title. You know what her title is? She's called a widow. See, this is not the first time this woman is doing this ugly cry. She had done that once before when her husband died. She did that crying before and she was called a widow. And now the only family that she had, the only son that she had, had died. And she finds herself doing the ugly cry. And this is what we read in Luke chapter 7, verse 13. And when the Lord saw her, here is Jesus, seeing this woman who is weeping, who is doing the ugly cry, because not only has she lost her son, she has lost her husband as well. And the Lord saw her. Jesus saw her. He saw her when she was broken. When life was hard, Jesus is seeing her. Jesus is seeing her. And we go on to read, when Jesus saw her, he had compassion for her. Verse 14, he said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched her and touched her son and the bearers stood still and he said to the young man I say to you rise and the dead man sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him to his mother verse 16 fear seized them all and they glorified God saying a great prophet has risen among us God has visited his people and this report about him spread through the whole region of Judea and the surrounding country this woman who was experiencing grief and was weeping was restored. Jesus gave her son back 
And in some ways, not only did he give her son back, but he also provided for her because if she was a widow and did not have a son, there was no one who would provide for her. So Jesus not only cared for her soul, but he cared for her in providing for her. Jesus had compassion on this widow when life was hard. And Jesus saw her. And finally, I want to share this last story with you. This again comes to us from Luke chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. I want to read this because many times when we read this, we kind of gloss over this uh, and just kind of keep going on. And soon afterward, he went through the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing good news of the kingdom. When you read the word soon after, it's a bridge verse. It means something happened in verse 6, and now the author is trying to tell something else, and he's kind of bridging over. He's looping over this. Soon afterwards, he went through the cities and the villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom. And the twelve were with him, and so and also some women who had been healed with evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Here we are told that there were a bunch of women who were traveling with Jesus, proclaiming the good news. And these women were actually financially helping Jesus and his disciples as, as well. Women traveling with Jesus. It's kind of almost as a subset. It's almost, it's said in passing that they were women disciples traveling with Jesus and proclaiming the good news. In all these stories, here's the consistent theme. The first one, that was pretty dramatic, what happened to that young man with an unclean spirit. Jesus came and helped him and turned his life around. For the woman, the widow, it was pretty dramatic. Jesus saw her grief. He saw her weeping, and he provided for her. He healed her heart. Luke chapter 8. And there were many other women who followed Jesus. We don't quite know their stories. A few are mentioned here and there. Nothing really crazy, but we move on. Friends, this morning, I want to ask you this question. Where do you find yourself in that story? Where do you find yourself in that story? Did God show up in your life in a dramatic way and changed everything around for you? And you were like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe what happened in my life. God delivered me from an unclean spirit. Or are you like the widow that you were, find yourself weeping and crying, and Jesus saw your tears, Jesus saw your time of need, and showed up and provided for you when life was hard? Or are you like verse 2 of Luke chapter 8? Not a big deal, blah, 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 and others. One thing is true about all this, these stories is Christ did something in these individuals' life. And they followed Jesus.
For all of them, life was hard, life was broken, and they found hope in Christ. They found hope in Christ. That is the truth. That is the truth today. So friends, where do you find yourself in the story? Is it the man with the unclean spirit? Is it the widow? Or is it women listed here where Jesus touched their life? So what does this have to do with the passage that we read before? Whoever receives me Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. The one, the one who receives a prophet because he's a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The one who receives a righteous person because he's a righteous per- person will receive a righteous person's reward. Whoever gives, whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple. Truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Friends, here's the truth. Here's what Jesus is telling each one of us to do. Earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, Jesus is telling his disciples to go and declare to the world what Christ has done in their lives. This is one of the mandates that we as Christians carry. Each one of us is called to go and share the good news of Jesus to those who are around us. And here is why we are called to share the good news, because life is hard. It's hard for each one of us who's sitting here. It is hard for those who are out there in the world. It is hard for your neighbors, for your family members, your colleagues, your friends. Life is hard. The only difference between those who are sitting here and for those who are out there is here we are able to go through life knowing that we have hope in Jesus. That Jesus has touched us and he gives us hope. That is the reason we are here. Friends, this morning I want to invite each one of you when you hear a story and life is hard, for someone that you know, could you share what Christ has done for you? Could you share how Christ has done for you and how you live life in hope because of Jesus? That's it. That is what we are called to say. The reason we are able to go through life with the hope of Jesus is because of the gospel that we share and because of the community that we are part of. I want to share this story with you. I was meeting with uh, somebody who um, started calling Mount Hope their home and hearing their story and just listening to them. There were a bunch of people who were complaining about different things um, and somehow the story about church came around. And this individual said, I love where I go to church. I really enjoy going to Mount Hope Church. It's wonderful. You should come and check it out. Friends, when life is hard, we have hope in Christ and we have this community where we lift each other up, where we pray for each other, where we walk together. And that is the good news that you are called to share. I hope you can share this story because when you share this story, there is a blessing that God gives you. 
when you share your story to someone who's experiencing life that is difficult, it is going to be beautiful. It is going to be wonderful. They will be blessed, and God is going to bless you as well. This morning, I want to invite us to come to this table, this table that gives us hope in Jesus Christ, where we are restored, where our brokenness is made whole. I love saying this, the body of Christ broken for you. Christ's body was broken for you so that you may be, be made whole. That is the truth that I want us to hang on to. Let us pray. God, when life is hard, you show up and you give us hope. God, may we go into the world and share this hope. In your name we pray. Amen.